The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7 by 7 episode 1818 today. Darth Vader's death wish. Yeah, really. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Here we go. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode where, you know what, we've started on the path so we're going to finish the path. Right now we're going to be talking about the Rule of Five and these are a couple of comics in the Darth Vader Series 2 from Marvel Comics, the Dark Lord of the Sith series and we're talking specifically about issues 11 and 12 which involve a plot against Vader's life somebody attempting to assassinate him. And yeah, this is full spoiler territory, surprise, surprise, as it was yesterday and the day before. So let's talk about who it is that wants to assassinate him. Well, let's put it this way. It's not necessarily the quote-unquote good guys. Even the bad guys are suspicious of Darth Vader and just don't understand what's going on. He's just come into power from out of nowhere as far as the rest of the Imperial hierarchy and military goes. And it's gotten so bad and so dangerous that a couple people at the highest levels of the Imperial military have been scheming to get rid of Darth Vader. And Vader finds this out because he goes off to answer a call about a potential Jedi sighting. And it turns out it's a trap. <laughs> yes, it is. Because bounty hunters are set up in there to assault him and take him down to the point where they have something called a tractor rifle, which is apparently able to pull a lightsaber away from a Jedi or a Sith for that matter. And even though Darth Vader reaches out with a force to try and keep it from being pulled away from him, it's so powerful that the lightsaber hilt cracks in two and it doesn't crack the same way that the lightsaber exploded when Rey and Kylo Ren were fighting over the lightsaber in The Last Jedi. I guess because maybe it's not two Jedi fighting over it or a Jedi and a Sith or a light and a dark, however you want to put it. Anyway, so he is able to grab that kyber crystal, but the hilt is destroyed and he has to build a new one in incidentally. That's how he comes to have the lightsaber hilt that we all know and love. Not that this is going to stop Vader, of course, and so he happens to be traveling with the ninth sister, one of the Inquisitorious, and we'll get to her momentarily, but he takes her lightsaber for his own, tracks down the bounty hunters, and forces them to slice back into the hunter net. Yeah, that's where... <laughs> that's the Craigslist for bounty hunters, basically. <laughs> and he finds out that the order was placed somewhere from very high up in the Imperial government, but that's all he's able to find out. So... In thinking about who might have access to this very high level of government, there is a very short list of names, and he goes to the Emperor and says, Look, you know, I'm either going to kill them all or I'm going to kill a handful, and I need your permission, and I need you to set up a meeting where I can display my power in front of everyone. And 
the Emperor says yes, but says you can have any of them you want except for Tarkin and that he requires him. The Emperor requires Tarkin, which, you know, that right there sets up the potential for mistrust between Tarkin and Vader, at least, you know, on Vader's side of the equation. Tarkin already kind of mistrusts him anyway because he doesn't know where Vader came from or anything like that. But now, you know, this, of course, is going to make Vader wonder if... Tarkin was in on the plot to have him assassinated. We don't know. We only know that there seem to be two higher-ups discussing this in a very cool place on Coruscant called the Room of Masks, where they get to meet and have crazy masks on, and so you can't tell who's who, which I guess is meant to, you know, help them avoid detection and maintain disguises and whatnot. So, yeah, I want to learn more about the Room of Masks. This sounds very interesting. Anyway, so Vader ultimately kills five high-ranking Imperial officers just to let them know that he means business. But at least one of the conspirators is not killed in the process by this random selection. And we see that because this conspirator had only three fingers on one hand. And we see that that conspirator is still alive while some others are getting killed by Vader in a mass force choking. Meanwhile, Vader says that he is choosing the ones that he's killing at random. One of the people who escaped his murderous spree there is General Tag. And he, of course, would be somebody that shows up in the Death Star conference room in the original Star Wars. And later on, once the first Death Star has been destroyed, the Emperor demotes Darth Vader and puts him basically under the command of General Tag, who is more about star fleets than he is about giant battle stations. And so he has to start working for General Tag instead, which, of course, does not sit well with Vader at all. And oh my, how things might have changed if he'd killed Tag instead of one of these other random folks. And that basically is the rule of five, not the rule of two, like there can only be a master and an apprentice, but the rule of five, according to Vader, is I'm going to murder five people at random to show that I mean business. And so I guess we're going to have to start looking for other sets of five randomly murdered people by Vader and see if this becomes a thing. But I'm sort of burying the lead because I did talk about Vader's death wish and we haven't discussed that yet, but that has to do with the whole ninth sister thing that I was circling around to. And I'm gonna circle around to it officially after the break, so stay tuned. Hey Rebel Rouser, if you've got a business that needs to reach a dedicated audience of Star Wars fans or you know somebody who does, then you might wanna reach out to me. <laughs> I've got a show that reaches thousands of people between the audio version, the video version, and our social media channels, and I'd love to find out how I can help you with your business ventures too. Just reach out at sw7x7.com sponsors, that's plural, S-P-O-N-S-O-R-S, that's sw7x7.com sponsors, and let's see how we can work together. Welcome back. So Karen Gillan, who is one of the writers of the first Darth Vader series and a few other Star Wars projects, has said that you can't give Vader an interior monologue, and if you do, that you kind of demystify him. But they've found ways around that idea. First of all, I kind of agree with that. Yeah, he has to have a sense of mystery to him somehow. But one of the ways that they are working around that notion is by pairing him with somebody like the Ninth Sister, who as a Jedi, as a former Jedi, was a bit of an empath and who claims now that she can touch that side of her powers even more deeply. And she's able to look at Vader and say how eager he is for a fight 
that he is a poor sadistic monster who doesn't understand himself, that he is dying to fight and dying to die. That's where the whole death wish idea comes from. So that's one of the ways that they're getting around this notion of him not having an interior monologue that we can know and understand by pairing him with an empath. And I like this idea and I hope that they do more of it, but more importantly, it makes sense as a character study thing too, just that Darth Vader would have kind of a death wish. And the things that he does, sure, on the one hand, his trust in the Force and his ability and skill with the Force are beyond anything that anyone has seen for generations, if not millennia. But that being said, his willingness to try some of the things that he does with the Force you know, only somebody who wasn't afraid to die or somebody who essentially had nothing to lose anymore would try the kinds of things that he does or just simply throw himself into it. And yeah, another way of looking at that could be called a death wish. So, ugh, yeah, poor Vader not necessarily understanding himself. I don't know if I'd go that far. I think he might very well have a sense of where he is and what he's lost, especially after considering Vader immortal and the fact that he's still trying to contact Padme or bring her back from the dead somehow. No, he fully understands what he's lost, but uh, yeah, maybe not a full death wish if he thinks that he can actually still get her back somehow, then he actually does have something to live for. So you tell me, do you think Vader has a full on death wish or you know, maybe it just <laughs> goes day to day? I don't know. I'd love to hear your thoughts about it. Chime in wherever you have a comment section, wherever you catch this episode, or at home base for the show at sw7x7.com. And that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.